0: Well, good morning, faith family. It's our first Sunday in
1: 2024.
0: Woo! <laughs> well, we're going to be looking at Paul's pursuit today out of Philippians chapter 3. And before I ask Newton to come up and read the scripture today, I want to just illustrate this idea of running in pursuit of something. And I'm going to introduce you to probably the most famous and my favorite runner of all time. And so if we cue this, I would go with Mario, all right? He's been enjoyed by millions over the years. If you're in your 40s or younger, that means that you grew up with Mario, all right? Mario franchise is on pace for being the first video game to reach 1 billion sales, The closest to that only has half that at Tetris, uh, which is also a never-ending pursuit. But Mario runs every level. He introduced this concept of hopping through a level to get to this flagpole at the very end. And he illustrates some principles we'll see today um, in that you can't look back. You can't go back in Mario. You always keep moving forward. He's always got his goal uh, on the prize, And whenever he falls down or starts, he just gets right back up. All right? Unless you run out of quarters at the arcade, you can continue to press on. And um, (laughs) more seriously, uh, here's some other illustrations of some people on a pursuit. This is John Newton. He was a slave trader in England who's uh, famous for writing the song Amazing Grace, which is sung at most of our funerals. Uh, about this pursuit of, uh, he started off pursuing slaves uh, and then began to join William Wilberforce in freeing slavery. And he's quoted for saying this I'm not the man I ought to be. I'm not the man I wish to be. I'm not the man I hope to be. The thing about him is he thinks about his past. But then he looks ahead and he says, But by the grace of God, I'm not the man I used to be. He sees his life on a different trajectory. And here's another illustration I want to show you who's in a pursuit. This was a man who uh, led the United Kingdom in the pursuit of protecting democracy, okay? So if you didn't grow grow up with Mario, you actually might have grown up with this guy in World War II, protecting democracy. Um, It looked like the world was about to lose it. And he's Got out a famous quote by saying that success is not final failure is not fatal it is the courage to continue that counts and there's a moment in the war when the blitzkrieg came through Europe the allied armies got trapped nearly lost and they escaped at dunkirk they arrived on the shores of england to cheering and these soldiers who simply lost a continent and ran away, we're getting cheered for. And I remember in the Battle of Dunkirk, the movie, one soldier, he gets to England, and an old man cheers for him, puts an arm on his shoulder, and the young man goes, what did we do? Why are you cheering? We only escaped. And the old man says, for today, that's enough. For today, that's enough, because we're going to continue. It means that we're still in the fight. And so, Newton, if you'd want to come up and read our scripture today about This pursuit that we have as Christians. We'll learn from Paul's example out of Philippians 3.
1: Good morning. We got the volume up. I love it. Okay. So we're in Philippians chapter 3. One of the songs we had there is, it said, Our days are numbered. And so, excuse me. And so I think this goes along with that. What are we doing with our days, right? So Philippians 3, verses 12 through 14, it says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I keep working toward the day when I will finally be be what Christ Jesus saved me for and wants me to be. No, dear brothers and sisters, I am still not all I should be, but I am focusing all my energies on one thing, Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling me up to heaven. So that's our scripture. Thank you, Newton.
0: So as we go to our core verse here today, this is going to structure out the rest of our time together. And so it says here, he focuses on this one thing. And then you list off three things, all right? (laughs) I propose to you that this is kind of one thing. These three flow together. To forgetting the past, looking forward, and then pressing on. And so I want you to repeat that with me this morning, all right? This is a good verse to memorize. So forgetting the past, looking forward, I press on. That's a good thing to remind yourself when the going gets tough. So often we do the opposite of these things. So often we remember the past, we forget to look forward, and we quit. We give up. It stops us. And so, forgetting the past. For Paul, we're going to see what this looks like. He comes as an example to us of how to do this. And he starts the chapter by revisiting his past. We did a sermon a few weeks ago about Saul and his history. And he's done some good things. He's done some bad things in his past. Both of them can slow you down. Okay, If you look in your past and you see the bad things, that can discourage you to go forward and keep pressing on. You could look in your past and say, you know what, I've actually been doing pretty good. That pride can also slow you down from the growth that God wants to have in your life. And ironically, he actually lists off more positive things than negative that could potentially slow him down. In this context, people were kind of hanging on their laurels, saying, well, look how good we've served in the past. And there's a complacency that sets in. And so, as we go back to verse 2, we're going to look at this theme of forgetting the past. And so, in chapter 3, verse 2, We'll see see here. So his context—he, these people that really thought they had it going on, they were doing pretty good. These these Jews would follow all these rules. And the thing is, if you don't forget about your past, what can set in can be legalism. You can feel pretty good about yourself or bad about yourself. But either way, you're comparing yourself against these, these rules. How have I been doing? How have I been performing? And these Jews would... Look at people that didn't have their life together. They'd even call them dogs. <laughs> they were unclean, vicious. And yet, Paul flips the table says, these dogs, these people who do evil, these mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved, meaning you've got to live according to our rules if you're going to make it into heaven, says, for we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. Verse 3 continues on by saying this, We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort, though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. So what he's saying here is that it doesn't mean that he's throwing effort out entirely, because later on we see he presses on. Okay? Okay? But what's happening here is he's saying effort is not about earning. That is what God is opposed to. An attitude of earning with our effort. That robs the gospel. That makes the blood of Jesus Christ unnecessary in our life. If we're going to go earn it. And so he avoids legalism by saying this is not about earning, guys. He goes, if it is, he goes, I'd have every reason to boast. Verse 5. He says a list of things that Jews would boast about. He goes, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. A real Hebrew if there ever was one. You see how he's boasting, but kind of sarcastically a little bit? He goes, I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. Okay? He found the strictest church he could go to. <laughs> he followed as many of the rules best he could, and he did it. Verse 6. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. That word persecuted is a word pursue. He pursued the church. His goal was to do evil to these people. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. So part of his story is not all positive. He was on the road to Damascus in order to kill Christians. And that's when Jesus appeared to him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And that word for persecuting is the Greek word for pursue. Why are you pursuing after me? Why are you trying to complete this Mario level? (laughs) Why are you trying to get to this end goal that is just futile and even evil? He had his priorities all mixed up at that point. Think about 2023. We just finished it. What were you pursuing? And have you given any thought to 2024 about what you're going to pursue now in the future? This is a good time to do that. Continuing on. So he forgets his past. He goes, you know, whether I did great, whether I did bad, I'm going to forget about it. I can learn from it. But I'm not going to let that slow me down. I can relate to that. Forget about it. God's mercy is new every morning. Jesus died for a reason. We can embrace that. We don't have to wait, wait a week or a year or ten years after messing up, to say, okay, now I think I'm good. What? No, if Jesus Christ died, as soon as you confess that sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Put it away, put it behind. It's only going to slow you down. Now, remember, this is one thing, okay, in three parts. So the second part is looking forward. Yeah, if you don't look forward, that'll slow you down too. Verse 7 says the following It goes, I once thought that these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I remember in the sixth grade on a mission trip when I finally. Knew Jesus. Not just academically. The word here for knowing Jesus is a personal knowing. okay It's not knowing about someone, but it's about having that relationship knowledge. And I remember having that relationship knowledge of Christ for that first time in sixth grade. And, it, and what I realized, I wrote in the back of my Bible, God is the fullness of life. And I ended up crying because I realized that everything else I was pursuing was worthless. I felt so silly. I'm like, how did I not know this sooner? But until you know Jesus, it doesn't put the rest, you have nothing to compare it to, right? But once you know Jesus, then compare to that, everything else you realize is worthless. What a waste of time. What garbage. And that's the phrase he uses. He says, for his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. This word for garbage is worse than that. He's literally saying, I flush it down the toilet. Alright? That's what he thinks of his past. His past pursuits. I flush it down the toilet. (laughs) Get it out of here. I'm not holding on to that. And then he's got this forward focus of I want to know Christ. That's the right perspective here. Continuing on, it says, and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. I'm no longer trying to earn this thing to feel good about myself. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. He goes, It's mine because Jesus died on the cross. It's mine. As a free gift. And I accept that. I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself doesn't depend on human effort. Doesn't depend on earning. But it depends on faith in Christ. So you see, he's not looking to his past to earn anything. But he's looking forward It's not earning, but it's yearning with a why. He's yearning to know Christ. That is the motivation of Paul's pursuit. He wants to know Him. It is supremely valuable to him to know Him more. At the end of this chapter, we'll go to those verses now, we see also some forward-looking. Oh, not yet. Verse 10, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised Him from the dead. And so far, He says, I want to even suffer with Him, sharing in His death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. So He's got a forward look to the resurrection of the dead in that final day. What's coming? Okay, forgetting the past, helps us live the life God wants. Also looking ahead helps us live the life God wants. And so at the end of this chapter, he's also looking forward. And he describes some people that are not looking ahead. Okay? And instead of tackling legalism, he goes to the other ditch of the road that can happen, which is license. License to do whatever I want. Okay? If I'm free of my past, then why can't I just do whatever I want? It doesn't matter, right? No, it does. It does. And so he tackles this idea of license at the end. And some people don't look ahead. He says, For I've told you often before, I say it again with tears in my eyes. So this breaks his heart, too. But there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction, their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. And they think only about this life here on earth. See how they're not looking ahead? Right. And because of that, they also are giving up. They're not trying. They're not pressing on. They're not yearning to know Christ. However, in verse 20, we see the positive example. It says, But we... We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. We're looking forward. He says, we will take, um, we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. Here's where the power comes from to do this. He goes, he will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own. Using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. I remind myself that in life. I picture what that day will feel like when I'm in heaven with God. My flesh is done with, I am as I ought to be. We're going to make it, guys. I get it. The struggle is real. (laughs) But it's one. We can walk ever increasingly in that. Not to perfection, but we can increase in that now as we know Christ more. As we focus on this one thing of forgetting what's behind, looking forward to what's ahead and pressing on. But someday we arrive. That's good news to every mess up out there. (laughs) which we all are, that we will arrive. We're going to make it. As Colossians says, we we are holy in His sight, without blemish, and free from accusation. What a glorious day that will be. Amen. Where sin is totally done away with, where death is totally conquered, Why the scripture says, Where of sin and death is your sting and your victory? For they have been swallowed up in victory through Jesus Christ. So, what's the last part of this? The last part of this is then press on, church. Okay. The scripture you're supposed to memorize. Forget what's behind. Look forward to what's ahead and press on. Here's where Paul mentions his pressing on. is in the very core of this Scripture. Verse 12. It says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things, that I've already reached perfection, but I press on. That word is to pursue. I pursue on. To, perse- to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. When Jesus stopped Saul on his tracks and said, Saul, why are you pursuing after me to do harm? Oh, was Jesus pursuing him for a purpose to go pursue something else? And he goes, I want to honor that. The reason that Jesus died for me. The reason Jesus pursued me Verse 13. It says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. The enemy will whisper in your mind and in your heart, you haven't achieved it yet, so give up. No, that doesn't disqualify you. Forget what's behind. Look forward with yearning to what's ahead and press on. Just so I focus On one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead, verse 14, I press on, it says, to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And that prize is knowing him for all eternity. Next slide, please few verses later, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, pat in your lives after mine. So he's an example of this. And learn from those who follow our example. We all know people that are doing this. I find great inspiration when I see people doing this. People that it would be easy to remember their past. And it would be easy to forget about their future. And it would be easy to quit. But when they press on, that inspires me. That inspires us to do the same. Next slide, please. So as we take communion today, I want to have us think about Jesus pursuing after us. His example. Think about Paul's example of pursuing after Christ. And I'd like to read out of Luke 22 here. In verse 19. It says for it has been determined that the son of man must die. Oh, verse 19, sorry. <laughs> it says he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, "This is my body which is given for you." Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. In these moments of communion, do the three points. There's something in your past holding you back, bring it to the Lord's table. And leave it there. And if you've forgotten about what lies ahead of you, perfection is coming through Jesus Christ. Take that with you from the table as a reminder. And as you take the bread and the cup in your seats, let that encourage you to press on with yearning to know Christ more, to experience Him more. All right. Did you make a trade at the table today? Did you leave anything there? Yeah, some of you are saying, yeah, I did. Did you take anything with you? I hope you do. I hope you can know and experience Christ more. And so, this is homework time, all right? I want you to say it with me. The first one, forget the past. second one, look forward. And third, I press on. Those are words that the enemy is going to hate to hear as you walk in victory in Jesus Christ. I invite worship team here for a closing song. And let's pray. Lord, it's a simple three statements, but it's hard to do. When life flies around us, chaotically, it's hard to cut through the noise. But God, I pray that you remind each soul here these words of encouragement that we can pursue knowing you, Christ Jesus, each and every day. That our past doesn't hold us down. That our future is guaranteed. And that we can have the privilege and joy of walking in that. In Jesus' name, amen.